Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Beverly Hathorn, owner of Strategic HR Consultants, who works with content center managers who struggle with high customer calls and escalations and low employment engagements, and helps to create a culture where customer satisfaction is key and employees are happy and they are productive. That's what it's all about. Hey, Beverly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited. Oh, I'm, I'm excited too. Let's, let's get straight into it then. Can you ex- expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with? Well, today, um, my business, it's a new business, but she's moving right along. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I am working with contact center managers who, like you said, who struggle with um, meeting those metrics and those goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people that I enjoy working with most um, are in either telecommunications or retail, um, hospitality, transportation, those areas where call centers are big and they drive the business, that customer satisfaction drives the business, and it's critical to get that right. So, mm. the, yeah, that's who I work nice. with. So th- this business, it, it's new and you've been able to expand and grow this. What was it that prompted you to be like, yeah, this this is the next iteration. This is what I want to do. Well, like everybody, I am a customer and probably like most people, I've noticed that customer satisfaction slides just a little bit, you know, when recently I retired uh, from corporate America, where I'd worked in customer service for Mm. about about 30 years. So I've I've worked in that arena, starting out as a customer service representative. Then I was promoted to first level manager. I received my project management certification. And then I was was given opportunities to develop and implement customer satisfaction initiatives. I did that for a while. I led a business process outsourcing. I moved on to HR where I started working in labor relations and I actually worked, the the company I worked for was a union shop. So I worked in the organization where the union and the company negotiated the contract. I managed the grievance process at Mm. a high level. So I have exposure and understanding to what the customer wants, what the employee wants and what the company wants. 
So when I retired, I thought, well, now's a great business to start. Now's a great time to start that business I've always wanted. So I went ahead and I started Strategic HR Consultants. Well, that's that's what that, got me started. Hey, that knowledge, it sounds amazing because all those different uh, points of view, all the different people, they all want different things, right? So, and they're all kind of pointing different directions. So what... What is it that you love about, you know, helping to you know, increase the, the communication and remove all the assumptions and help things run so much smoother? Well, the best, the most rewarding part is everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Employees are happiest when they have simple, effective processes. They have the resources to do their job. They have the training to do their job. The culture mm -hmm. allows that psychological safety and that autonomy for them to open up and use their creativity and their innovation and suggest um, opportunities for improvement. Employees are happiest when they do that. Happy employees deliver a service that makes happy customers. And customers will promote the business which again, it's, it's good for the employees, all that's great for the bottom line. So the mm. corporation's happy. So I like to get right in there and make that work for everybody. Yeah, and, and that's a one way of looking at it because I think it can be so easy, especially as a smaller business, maybe like yourself, just starting out and just building um, from, from scratch, from this, this new concept of, looking at the, the products, looking at the service, it's all too easy to focus on that rather than actually what, what is going to fuel a really successful environment all over. And from your point mm -hmm. of view, coming back to the employee rather than the product, the service, it's where does it come from? What fuels that? Where's the energy? Where's the frequency? Where's, where is this coming from? It sounds like almost reverse engineer it. Again, this may sound logical, but oh my gosh, it can easily be missed, right? It can easily be missed because your employees are really um, very, very important and impactful when it comes to helping to run the business. Employees know what's working and what's not working. Mm. They know what makes customers unhappy. For instance, you could have a product that sells, but employees know that they take those frontline employees take a lot of calls and complaints about one particular aspect of that product okay well the product sales so do you know the the research and development people are good and the corporations good you know but you there's a portion of your customer base that's not happy your employees know about that so when you've created an environment and a culture where they're free to come to you and say you know, the, you know, the phone works great, but, you know, I, I take a lot of calls that the, the face recognition is not good or that, you know, the volume buttons don't work well or, you know, so then yeah. that's when you can go back to the drawing board and maybe fix that and get even happier customers and maybe even more customers. Because not all customers tell you what, what they're not happy about. They just leave. So you know mm, yeah and that's that's kind of telling so it sounds like it's really the key thing is communication yes yeah. it's building those relationships but for allowing it but the communication is is key whether it's um the customers being able to talk to 
customer service, whether it's the employees being able to talk to those people who make decisions or maybe can't see the front line of what's happening. So there needs to be space for this communication. It's probably the same for um, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs who you know, need to communicate your message and your marketing. Mm -hmm. Communication on so many levels is maybe the one thing that needs to be ah, added with a bit more curiosity, a little bit more um, lightheartedness and honesty throughout, whether it's brutal honesty or where it's you know, holding that space. It's so important. So what, maybe wh where do you find this experience? Where is this helping you as the solopreneur building your new business? Well, that communication is critical. It's a critical aspect in, in you know, in from many business perspective, communication is very important. But hmm. as a solopreneur, where it helps you is understanding the right questions to ask of the right people and getting the right information, delivering the, the uh, appropriate information. So hmm. if you're not asking the right questions, you're going to get answers that support a direction other than what you're trying to do. So mm -hmm. that, you know, communication is key, is so important as is collaboration. But for us to understand in the project management world, we say if a signal is sent but not received, it's just noise. So mm -hmm. if you ask the wrong question, but it was received and you get a response back, but it's not usable information or it's not data that you can then turn around and utilize, then your communication's broken. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you find like time and time again, when you get a new client that you have to help them to sort of work through? Can you almost second guess that? Okay, here are the first steps. Here's what I'm going to need to do. What, what are they? Yeah. Yeah. I find that uh, clients don't really know what the, the pain is. They say, oh, we're having trouble with this. But that is like a, a downstream effect of the problem that's way up here. Mm. So I do organizational assessments to help understand. I look at things like I map out the customer journey. I look at how easy or difficult it might be for the customers to do business with you. For instance, you say, well, you know, we're losing customers. We're just, you know, customers just dropping off. Okay, well, let's take a look at what their experience is. And if mm -hmm. customers have trouble getting repair techs out, or if they have trouble returning um, faulty products, or if they have trouble getting adjustments on their bill, for instance, your frontline team is not empowered to make decisions. I don't know why they wouldn't be. You hired them, you vetted them, you trained them. So, you know, yeah. why wouldn't they be able to make these decisions? But, you know, when people call in and say, this product's not working, I want a refund. Oh, well, I've got to get a manager. We've got to do all this paperwork. We've got to do this. And, you know, the customer's like, why? It's not working. Just, you know, mm -hmm. and now the customer's frustrated. Your frontline employees frustrated because they're not empowered. They just feel like a cog in the wheel or whatever. So I find that to answer your question, most clients don't really know what the problem is. They know what the end result is, but they don't know what the problem is. So Ooh. they need someone like me to come in and help them dissect that. You know, And I find that the problem is rarely what 
they think it is. It's usually something else. Isn't that just the top level? This is what coaches, consultants, this is the key area to be able to, everyone knows the, the sort of symptom. They, can, they know what's going on, but mm-hmm. it's easy to, maybe it's human nature. As humans, we want to we want to avoid. We can't look at that real nasty, heavy thing. So we put up, say it's fine, or make excuses to not take action, and to dig down a couple of steps and realize what what is the root cause. So with your situation, you can go in and pretty much guaranteed they see the problem, they see what's going on, but what is underlying it? What is causing that? What's actually going to be con- fuel that? So you need to fix that rather than, you know, just the sort of top, don't want to put a plaster over it. I think that's the same with, right. with so many other businesses. It's looking at what's, what is the core challenge? I mean, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, it's time, it's money. Those are the top two things time and time again. However, mm-hmm. it's not a time issue. It's focus. It's where you're focusing the time. It's not a money mm-hmm. issue value to how you use the resources you have so more of a, a leverage problem once you start to just tweak those little things oh my gosh things magically change so i love that this is a we can see the similarity across the board in all these different businesses so what can mm-hmm. what advice would you give to people with if we come back a step and maybe get that middle point not the solopreneur not the corporations but maybe those entrepreneurs starting out, building their employees, taking those first all scary steps into building a team, that must be a beautiful place for setting the right foundation rather than trying to fix something. What advice would you give to people who are making that step, have that foundation to make sure that you can do things right from the start? I would def. that's a great question, Mark. Thank you. I would definitely say establish the proper culture. Establish a culture where the people you've hired to do the work are allowed to contribute, to contribute their thoughts, their ideas, their suggestions without fear of being, I don't know, reprimanded or step pushed aside. Because remember, when an employee comes to you and says, hey, you know, I got a great idea. I think, you know, maybe if we did it this way, it might work a little better. And you shoot that down, that it's not just that one employee that you shot down. It's the other employees that are watching this. I, well, I'm not going to say anything about the other thing that I know about, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to allow that, that, um, that environment where everybody contributes. We're a team. You know, we're all working together towards the same goal. We're collaborating and bringing all mm. our thoughts and innovation and creativity. We're all working together. So you got to start out with the right culture. That That is key because as things progress, things will change as you get more clients and you get more customers. You may maybe can't use the same intake process that you were using before, or you may Mm. maybe can't use the same distribution that you were using before. Well, your employees know what's going on. So give them that ability. So the second thing I would say is make sure that you are able and confident to delegate to your employees. 
Delegate to your employees. If you see a skill or knowledge that's developing in an employee, give them a little something to do to enhance that, to grow that. That'll free the leader up a little bit to do other things. That'll give the employee a sense of ownership and they'll feel better about themselves. Again, you'll get that creativity, that innovation. And then when you do that, give grace for mistakes because there's growth in mistakes. And mm -hmm. if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not really doing anything. So there's growth in mistakes. So give growth for those mistakes. So that's what I would say, you know, create an environment and a culture where your team is free to exhibit the knowledge and the skills that they come to you with and to grow that. Mm, that growth in mistakes bit is, I think that's so important. Solopreneurs, oh my gosh, we need to do things to really push the business forward. CEOs, mm -hmm. we need to do things slightly differently. And we're always going to make mistakes. Um, praising mm -hmm. what you just said, creating that culture, I think it's absolutely yeah. huge for that, to have that, that vision, the company vision, where it's a mission statement or a vivid vision or whatever you want to call it, to have a, a collective of this is where we're going, this is who we are. Mm -hmm obviously making sure that, that people fit the bill. they got to believe in it. I mean, they're not yes. going to believe in it as much as you, the business owner, always hold that as truth. But they play their part in this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. great advice. Yeah. yeah, because if they have ownership, you know, everybody takes care of what they own. So, you know, let them have some ownership and, and not that they're just another cog in the wheel. Let mm. your employees know how they impact the business, how they impact the ROI, how they impact the growth and, and, and give them grace to move about and develop. Yeah. And you'll have a team of superstars before you know it. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. So <laughs> let's go from about. the team of superstars to, oh my gosh, you have all this knowledge. You've been dropping some knowledge bombs all the way through this episode so far. It's been fantastic. But behind the scenes, it's like, oh my gosh, you know all this stuff for the corporations and the employment and the structure. And you're starting out as, as the solopreneur. So working your way from that, having come from corporate, how much of a shift is it to be this side of things now where you're you're wearing all the hats in the business. You you have all this knowledge, but it's so different because you are the one putting all the strings right now. What, what's that like for you? Well, it's quite an experience. It's very uh, enjoyable, um, enriching, and I really feel good about what I do. Fortunately, I had several managers who didn't mind delegating. <laughs> so... I am accustomed to working hard and working mm. a lot and, you know, but when it comes to owning your own business, it's not just what you do. It's not just that it is content, marketing, sales, fulfillment, um, you know, it's the post office. I mean, it's just so the much cleaning more. the accounts, all <laughs> the stuff. you know, the books The I mean, it's just so much more. So yeah. if you're going to be a solopreneur, I, two pieces of advice, I would say is to make sure that you develop work-life balance. That mm. is critical. Work-life balance is very, very important. Make sure that you don't end up being a slave to your business 
Um, so, because one of the best things about having your own business is being able to, you know, have some free time and to determine when that should be. So make sure you don't take that out of the equation. Don't take that away from yourself. And mm -hmm. the second thing I would say is to make sure you schedule, make sure you set a schedule and stick to that schedule. If you set a schedule that no longer works, revamp it, redo it, but make sure you set a schedule. You have Monday and Tuesday from 10 to 2 that you do certain things. You have Thursday that you do other things and stick to that schedule. That'll keep you ahead of the game. That'll keep you running the business and not the business running you. Mm. And that'll keep you from being so exhausted and so you know um, frustrated. Because if you try to do everything every day, all the time you're going to suffer uh, in my well, opinion with what you've just you said know, there it, you're wearing two hats straight away you're wearing the boss hats and the employee hats so the mm -hmm. boss you is like here's the schedule here's what we're going to do here's the way we're going to lay this out and employee you is like ah oh, okay that's it i'm i'm i know what i'm doing i know when i'm doing it so it's it's almost you know, having these dual personalities as you sort of mm -hmm. navigate through your business which mm -hmm. is great when it happens i mean it can be so hard when we all want to make a difference, help other people, grow the business. And we know why we're doing this. Whether you're a solopreneur or a CEO, you want to build a legacy. You want to help other people. You want to fuel your family and maybe families of other people. So you always have your, your, your why, the reason for doing it. And that can, oh, it's so easy to muddy the waters and then want to do some more work. Maybe over deliver a little bit more. Maybe undercharged because you can help someone. Bit of perfectionism comes in because you want to do the job right. And then these, ah, oh, the calendar, the schedules can go out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we know things happen. You know, things happen. So leave yourself a little room, a little grace to make some changes or to maybe not uh, complete certain tasks when you said you would. Or, you know, leave yourself a little grace and, just understand that life comes with those, you know, mm -hmm. life, whether it's a life as an employee at a corporation or a solopreneur, things happen, be, a, be flexible, be able to adjust. But if you start out with a basic standard schedule, it's going to be easier to get things implemented and get things yeah. done because well, you'll know you know when it's going to happen. You said that again, the word grace. You said it when you're talking about your your clients and what they need mm -hmm. to implement, how they should work, and now with yourself. So there is mm -hmm. a there is a, a thread which is consistent no matter where you are, what you're doing. Have a little bit of allowance, grace, forgiveness. Yes. All of these things come into play. Non-excuses. Mm -hmm. There's the nuance. Right. There's some beautiful right. in that. Sounds similar. It's not. But to have that, I think, is is so key. So as mm -hmm. as you've come to this point, you, you have the grace and allowance for yourself. You know, things slip, but as you're wearing all the hats, what, what would you say is the one thing you're like, oh, damn it. I, oh, this is the hardest thing about it for me. What, what, what would that one thing be for you? Oh, that's a really good question. I get um, so involved in the beauty of this baby that I want to 
hold the baby all the time. I want to hold the baby. I want to play with the baby. I want to, you know, so at some point I have to put the baby down for a nap and go live life, you know? Mm -hmm. So that is probably where I get kind of challenged. I get, yeah, yeah. I get a little Mm -hmm. challenged because either I'm holding the baby or I'm thinking about the baby, you know? So so the, the, the yeah. work-life balance that we all strive for and whether people believe it's really true whether it's actually we see balance as a scale of 50 percent of 50 percent that's not necessarily true it's find the right, right thing for you so as as a solopreneur who has great sort of levels of commitments and dedication and loves the work that you do you find yourself either doing the work loving every minute or thinking about the work and then that's where it drifts. So I'm not doing the work, mm-hmm. but you're laying there, sitting there, driving. It's like, but your mind is still there. Mm-hmm. So, ah, oh, I think that's an area of what, what is that for you? What do you find that brings that in? Is it the desire, the love for your business? Is it the, the, sort of the worry or the fear or the, I need this to work? How can I sort of solve that problem? What is it? What's the fuel for you? Or are there many? Well, it is always thinking of ways to make it better and thinking of ways to do it better. So here's one thing I found for me, Mm. and I got this from um, songwriters. This is what works for me. I keep a notepad handy. And when that thought pops into my head, I jot it down. Instead of running to my computer to work on it, Right Mm -hmm. then, I'm with the family, we're watching a movie, you know, this is the best part. The popcorn just came out the microwave and you know, we. this is great. You know, and I get an idea and I jump up and I run to the computer to try to start implementing it. Instead, I jot it down. Mm -hmm. And then when I get back to the computer at my scheduled time, that's when I will, you know, work to implement that idea or that thought. But yeah. that's usually why that happens, because I'm always trying to make my business better. I'm always trying to do something better, streamline it, improve it, you know, thinking about a client. What can I do for that client? I'm always trying to make something better. So when those mm-hmm. ideas pop into my head, I jot them down and stay in the moment that I'm in. Yeah. Just trying to stay in the moment. Sometimes mm-hmm. tough. But Sometimes find the right tools, the right tactics to be able to hold space for that. Beautiful. Beverly, thank you so much for sharing not only your business and what you do and how you help people, but behind the scenes, what it's like for you as you oh, take these steps and grow your own baby and nurture that into the, the, the toddler that's coming. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, this you're welcome. Great. If people want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on uh, my website is customermeasures.com. Again, that's customermeasures.com. You can email me at beverly at customermeasures.com, or you can give me a call the old-fashioned way. You can reach me at 888-272-7711. Fantastic. Well, everyone, if you're, you're curious or you're like, hell yeah, I need this help, go check it out. But again, Beverly, thank you so much for being here and sharing so openly today thank you so much mark this is great thanks for having me oh so welcome hey katie yeah mark want to do an outro i sure do sweet hey thank you so so much for listening and making it to the end yay you so what happens next 
we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.